Welcome to Terminal Talk, episode 20. The big 2-0. Growing up. Like the Bruce Springsteen song. It's always about Springsteen with you. Of course, I'm from Jersey. Hey, before we get going, I want to give a big uh, shout out. We love you. Thank you to anybody uh, within IBM who contributed to or even outside of IBM who helped spread the word for our uh, Space Makers campaign to uh, get us out of Frank's office and into a proper studio. Uh, we're not in the top 20, but maybe we'll make it through on a wild card or something like that. If not, um, uh, sorry, things aren't going to get any better. <laughs> yep, you're listening to it. Uh, let's hope nothing breaks. Um, but yeah, uh, according to the final tally, we raised uh, $21,999. Hmm. Somebody is being cheap here. Yeah, who didn't give us that last dollar? Seriously. Um, but yeah, we had a, a lot of great feedback. People seem to really believe in the project, and that's that's really encouraging. So thank you so very much. We're also very proud that we we got all that attention and raised uh, all those votes without bugging anybody. So uh, you didn't get any emails from us. You, know, you might have seen a couple tweets, but you can scroll past those. Uh, no phone mail messages. We didn't comment on anybody else's thing saying, hey, this is a great idea. By the way, if you have any money. So it came from the heart is what I'm saying. And as long as we're doing shout-outs, there's a few groups we should be thanking. Yeah, I was looking through the uh, download logs for the episodes. We have a lot of downloads from the University of Wisconsin. Go Badgers. Go Badgers. So uh, we actually talked to uh, somebody from uh, from that university this morning. Says, loves the episode, uh, loves the podcast. He's trying to get more people to listen to it. So that's awesome. Yeah, really. Thanks, man. Yeah. We should also actually do something today. So so we're going to have a really <laughs> great episode. We have Kara uh, Todd, and she's program director for... TPF. What's TPF? Well, you're going to have to listen and find out. Huh, okay. It's a great operating system. How, how great could it be if I've never heard of it? <laughs> I think you should ask. I'm just kidding, TPF people. I know you and I love you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to find out why people haven't heard about it. And, and I, why people should love it. And Kara's going to really do a great job. So let's listen to what she has to say. Set your reader to receive. You're being transmitted another episode of Terminal Talk with Frank and Jeff. So we're here with Kara Todd, the program director for TPF. Z TPF. Is there another TPF? Is there? <laughs> the one and only. Yeah, the there Z, you go. Okay. Z TPF. Yep. So uh, first question that comes to my mind is, uh, what the hell is TPF? So ZTPF stands for the Z Transaction Processing Facility. It's a spe- another facility. Another fa- we got another <laughs> facility. <laughs> we use that word a lot. Huh? Yeah, we do. <laughs> another tick on the board yeah. for <laughs> customer. It's yeah. a uh, specialized operating system for high transactions. So, as with IBM Z, it's reliable, secure, and scalable. Most importantly, for millions of transactions per second for running some of the most critical workloads in the world. So it's a facility and an operating system. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's like a, a floor wax and a dessert topping. <laughs> Wait, it's both. <laughs> so how, do, how, do, how does that work? How does it differ from something like uh, a ZOS or Windows or, you know? Sure. So- they're two different operating systems, right? Yeah. They are. So they both run on Z. They uh, both run on the IBM Z platform um, on that hardware. But it's basically main purpose in life is very high transaction rate. So it's all about performance. So um, everything that the lab does 
is with an eye to performance. And so it's all about security, right? Um, being highly secure and systems of record and being able to process millions of transactions um, easily, right, in real time. So just like if you – we have clients um, mm-hmm. in the banking industry, right. let's say. Um, if you have ever swiped your credit card uh, or taken money out of an ATM, uh-huh. you probably touched TPF. Um, you expect that to work right away every time. And your balance to be automatically updated. So everything is real time and very high performance because it has to scale for these companies all across the world of billions and billions of transactions per day. You think of Black Friday, right? Um, And there's more and more of that. And we're continuing to grow at an exponential rate in the world, right, with digital. Uh, And so this is just expected. Yes, it's expected. And we have to keep growing and the technology has to keep maturing, um, being easier to use, open the platform and perform at rates and huge I.O. rates uh, in order to support these workloads. So uh, how do you open up a platform that is written all in assembler? So as with many uh, operating systems and other products, it's um, evolved. So it's not all assembler. the TPF platform has C. We have Java. There's Java support. Um, we have REST, RESTful interfaces and REST APIs that open the platform into hybrid cloud, and you can access that data uh, from whether it's an open source program, whether it's a program that our clients write, whether it's an IBM tool, right? We've really opened it up so you can access the data uh, and manipulate it and use it. Um, you can access it from your phone, right? From the mobile phone, there's applications that'll use that data at the back end system. So if you're, you know, buying a ticket, it's using that data on the back end, and you're seeing it on your phone um, and purchasing it. And those transactions are happening in the background, and they're not millions of transactions a second that are simple transactions. These are complicated transactions, right? TPF is processing in a day more than. A Google, more than all these others, and they're complicated transactions and syst- on systems of record. So, so you mentioned um, complex transactions. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I buy stuff on Amazon all the time, right? Is, is it like that transaction? So there are transactions that our clients are processing that, let's say, in the hotel industry. Right. Um, and a, one of their clients comes in and they say, okay, I'm going to come in, whether it's through Expedia, whether it's through somewhere else, right? Whatever way they're coming into their reservation system, they say, I want to book a room. And I'm going to Disney World and I want to book a room in Orlando. The hotel needs to know what's the demand at that time of year. Is it spring break? Is it another time? What capacity is my hotel expected to be at and where is it currently? And are you a rewards member? And all of these things, we call them business rules. There's a business events um, part of the uh, facility and it'll help you, right, to provide that data and manipulate that data. And each transaction has to happen in a millisecond and take all this information into account to provide you a price for what that room is going to book at and what you're going to offer it at. And that's what you they call it a look. So there's this look to book. Um, and so you're looking and there's lots of transactions where they're just looking up the prices. And that's a little bit simpler. But then when you're booking it, 
all this has to come into account, and then that actually has to get booked into the system of record, and you get your confirmation. And so all, there's a lot of information that goes into play, um, and that's just one example, right? Oh, yeah. I, it, whenever I'm booking for travel or for leisure or whatever, I'm, I'm trying to find the best price, the best options for time. And I, in the back of my mind, I'm just thinking, man, there's a whole bunch of servers working really hard so I can save $5 here. Yeah, and the and the look to book is one of the um, – and there's a bunch of scenarios, but that's one term for actually ticketing and reservation systems. So it's one that's relevant for TPF. But the, the look to book ratio actually has been increasing, right? Um, same with when you're checking your balance at the bank, right? Every time you swipe your phone and you're checking your balance over and over, I mean, there have been other systems that have crashed because people are doing that, right? Yeah. So it's it really pumps up the transactions because they're checking. And that's not always considered a high-value transaction to the institution because they're not making money by you checking your balance over and over. So there's actually even new pricing paradigms where we're saying, you know, bring that workload, leave that workload, let us work with you to make sure that it all makes sense, right, to keep the workloads on Z. But that's something that's it's just expected, that I can pull out, you know, my phone and see my balance, yes. period. Yes, the the end users today is and and it is only going to become more so as people are more and more tech savvy and can do everything on their phone. I mean, I've, a lot of us have the smartphones and we're constantly doing everything, right? I make most of my purchases on my phone. I make my vacation reservations on my phone. I you know, and I'm checking balances regularly. Like you said, you're constantly looking for the best deal. Look, look, look. Right. I mean, you're yeah. always looking up and comparing um, and. That just drives traffic. It drives transactions. And so to run these systems, you need an extremely performant platform to do so. So so you mentioned banking. You mentioned hotel reservation. What what types of industries would we typically see a ZTPF installation working in? Sure. So like you mentioned, it's um, anywhere that's making reservations. So hotel industries, um, airline uh, industry, rail um, so it's it's really choo choos. What's that? Choo choos. Yes, choo choos. Right. <laughs> choo choo trains so <laughs> or rail. Yes, yes. <laughs> same thing. AKA. Yes, aka. Yes. Uh, any of those industries are all um, very heavy users. So it TCF. sounds like a lot of those are kind of end user facing. Yeah. So there are a lot of companies that support the airlines and they are hosting applications and hosting the airlines and the systems that they're running behind the scenes under the covers is TPF. Cool. And that, that's actually where TPF came from originally, right? It was yep. airlines. And right. It was Sabre. originally actually co-created with the airlines um, back in, was it? You have to, uh, to cut me off because I can't remember the exact date. I think it was 1964. I'm just going to look at Frank. And, it was yeah, in the 60s. It was in okay, the 60s. Right. I think it was 64, but I wasn't, I wasn't sure enough to quote me on it. It's Port of Sabre. Yep. Ah, yeah. I know because I'm old. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's an interesting story because there, there was a very clear demand, and at the rate things were increasing – the current solution simply would not scale to it. Yeah, TPF really was a built-for-purpose system um, designed specifically for the need to process so many transactions very quickly and reliably. It actually, uh, back in the day, mm -hmm. was called ACP TPF. Mm -hmm. Yep. What's Airline that? Control Program. Program. Ah, okay. 
So it sounds like it, ZTPF is very uh, it's it's going to waste no time. It's kind of right right down to business. Can you can you sniff out like a, a ZTPF person? Like do they do they walk around the hallway like in a straight line and not talk to anybody in the hallway? Really not talk to anybody in the hallway. <laughs> no, we we've got um, I mean a lab full of very passionate people um, all working together. We have people that have been um, on the platform their entire career. Uh, we've got a active new hire population. We've got folks that are. Right, working in new ways. Um, there's an agile space. So it's it's really a very collaborative environment. So it's not just the yeah, as you're saying in a straight line. It's not the, <laughs> the developer at their desk, right? Not talking to anybody. We and we collaborate also um, across the larger company, right? We work with um, the IBM Z14, which was just launched, right? And a lot of the pervasive encryption TPF supports that. Oh, really? Right. Um, we have the TPFDF, uh, which stands for database facility facility again right how does the facility um, have a facility <laughs> i always need to know where the facility is it's facilities all the way down it's <laughs> but yes we support pervasive encryption um the df we actually have supported um in-flight data being encrypted for a while and this is the oh. at rest data in df being automatically encrypted with no changes to your apps and the crypto capacity on z14 really accelerates um, the encryption capabilities uh, on TPF. Oh, so the customers kind of have been using something along that lines for a while now. Yeah, so customers have been able to encrypt, but they haven't been able to do so easily. So, you know, part of what Z14 provides, right, is that acceleration in the hardware with the um, connection to the enhancements in the software is making it easier to do so, which was an inhibitor, right? Because if things are expensive and difficult, even if you have the capability, you don't want to do it, right? Um, so the combination of it being easier, plus the importance in the market, right, with GDPR and um, the hacks going on that you hear about in the news, right? So not only is it critical to protect your data, uh, it's also we're making it easier Right, and less impactful to the business. So you mentioned uh, that it's highly collaborative throughout the company. Mm -hmm. You also do a fair amount of collaboration with the businesses that rely on it too, right? Yes. Um, so IBM calls it design thinking now, but we've been collaborating with clients for years, um, especially in TPF. We actually have very close relationships with our clients. I mean, you mentioned back in the day, right, if I uh, reuse that <laughs> phrase, um, you know, we worked with clients to develop this, and it's been an ongoing collaboration ever since. It's not anywhere near the same platform it was then. I mean, even other than the name, nothing's the same, right? Everything is evolving and modernizing, but the thing that has remained the same is working with clients. So we constantly are working with them. Um, we'll do playbacks and talk to them about here's what we're thinking, right? Here's what we think one of the next things that we should do is. What do you think, right? How are you using the platform? Um, what apps are you developing on top of it? And what do you need from us? And that has really fed into a lot of what we've done. It's fed into the fact that we've really been focusing on enabling Java on the platform, the fact we've put REST APIs in there, right? That all comes from the collaboration with the clients, as well as, like you said, within IBM. Is, is ETPF on a release schedule, or is it a continuous type of thing, or how is it mm -hmm. delivered to clients? So we've been doing continuous delivery for quite a while. So uh, we, we have something that's called, they call them puts, um, and I actually don't 
know why we called them that. Right? But <laughs> and for the record, <laughs> you did the finger quotes when I you did, said I that. did, I did. So, so we did have kind of releases. We don't do the physical deliveries anymore. It's all um, online and it's continuous. And so we will have checkpoints that'll say we've really regression tested at certain points in time. But in terms of the function, we're constantly delivering it. So whenever, after we've worked with the clients, we've had them beta tested it in many cases for new function. Uh, and then we deliver it basically through uh, a constant delivery stream to the clients and they pick it up and we talk to them and we make iterative improvements to it. And so we're constantly delivering code. So um, there've been a lot of very high profile outages in, in, in airlines and, and, and can mm-hmm. you unequivocally say sorry for that? Mm-hmm. So I will say that one that was recent, for example, that made the news and caused a lot of uh, chaos in Europe was not ZTPF in the back end. Huh. Um, there is a competitor uh, out there that mm-hmm. is hosting some airlines mm-hmm. not on Z. <laughs> and they rock me, okay? That, yeah. <laughs> and that recent outage was were not, on, not on ZTPF. Not on ZTPF. No, in fact um, – one of the things that always bothers me whenever we have one of these things is it's somehow the mainframe always gets blamed. Oh, yeah. um, but in none of them, there were a couple here in the U.S. not too long ago. Uh, and, and also the mainframe was blamed when it was obviously not. And that, right. Just, yeah. The, sometimes, right, they tend to use the, the legacy word, yeah. right? Um and as I mentioned earlier, it's it's not the same code that was out there right in the '60s. This, is, other than the name, this has evolved, and it is right a very modern uh, architecture and design. But uh, most people, you say mainframe, and they're instantly thinking about punch cards and spinning tapes in the background. <laughs> you know, it's don't make me yeah. change my mind. This is what I believe for 20 That's years. Right. Don't make me go through this cognitive dissonance. Yeah, exactly. So, so, you know, uh, you, you talked a little bit about the way the transactions happen. What is a typical back end on a TPF session? Can it can it tap into like a DB2 or IMS or anything like that? So TPF actually uses um, TPFDF, which is right. the database um, that we use. And it's specifically non-relational and designed for the type of workloads that we handle. Um, so generally, if you're using TPF, you're not using DB2. I would imagine it's very highly optimized for get in, get your stuff, get out, so the next person can get in. Yep. It's not messing around. <laughs> no, it's not messing around. <laughs> so, so a typical TPF environment, we're talking about huge companies here. Is this something that typically spans multiple systems and if you know, physical systems? And if so, can they be interconnected to work together in a TPF environment? Yes, it, a lot of our clients are very large IT shops. Mm-hmm. Um, they sometimes will run TPF um, in a shared environment with ZOS, and then depending on workloads, they will run them on the one that's most optimized for it. Um, others mm-hmm. run dedicated systems where they primarily, they just for 
multiple reasons want to have a box dedicated to TPF, and they will run it there um, and that only and have a dedicated uh, system. Um, but the capability is certainly there that they can make that choice and either you know connect the systems and run them across. Um, they have right disaster recovery plans in place where they have the sites linked um, so they can easily fail over right to other systems also supporting the platform. Nice. You are new to TPF. You you haven't been working in TPF for a long time, right? So I just recently took the program director role. Um, when did I take it? It's October. I took it in August, so just a couple of months now. Uh-huh. Uh, I actually was, though, a first-line manager in TPF about five years ago. Uh, and I worked there for a couple of years as a first line, and then I moved on to a few different roles in Z, and then came back to the TPF family uh, as the program director. And and between the time that you did TPF, you did like ZOS stuff, right? Yeah. So I went and managed a team of developers in ZOS, and we actually worked on the IBM cloud provisioning for ZOS. So working with the ZOSMF. Um, <laughs> ZOS management facility, Jeff. There's another <laughs> facility for you. Boy, another facility. I, think every, I guess every every job I have, I guess, has that in the in the name. Um, but yeah, you know there was so. a reason I liked you. <laughs> but I, I did manage the team there, and it was great. We, I mean, I worked with you right back um, in that role, and really opening the platform again and automating and providing workflows to easily provision middleware on top of ZOS. Um, and so, yeah, I've been fortunate to have some. Pretty exciting roles um, in my my years here. So this is a big thing for us because this is the first time we've ever had a facilities manager on the show. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. He's a facilities manager. <laughs> Can we rename the show to the uh, Jeff and Frank podcasting facility? <laughs> <laughs> that could be the name of your new uh, space. Yes. <laughs> oh. There you go. There we go. Oh, man. <laughs> he likes that idea. I do. I do like it a lot. So, so now uh, – because we haven't done this yet on the show. Let's put you on the spot. You, Uh-oh. You, Uh-oh. <laughs> it's always good when a question starts like that. Right? Yeah. So you've done, uh, you've done management on the ZOS side. You've done have. management on the TPF side. I have. Which one's better? <laughs> they are both wonderful, oh. Frank. <laughs> in, in all reality, both have great sets of engineers, right? One of the... One of the best things about IBM, so I, I just celebrated recently my 15-year anniversary at IBM. And when I started, I mean, who knew you'd stay with the same company for that long, right? But IBM, both in ZOS and TPF and all the teams I've been lucky enough to work with outside and research and middleware and all the different um, products and, and outside of Z, we have some of the best people, Right. Um, I mean, one of the things I've loved is just the, all the different people I've gotten to meet that I've gotten to work with. Uh, and so I can honestly say, right, that the people in both of the labs are amazing to work with. They're always open to collaboration. They want to hear what our clients have to say. Um, and so I've I've loved working in, in both areas. And, you know, I've been in ZOS and I went to TPF and I took a different job in ZOS and then I took a different job and then I came back to TPF. So really, it's just all about, you know, what's new and exciting and fun to work on. Um, and yeah. So how hard is it to, to jump? I mean, you've jumped back and forth mm-hmm. more than once. How hard is it uh, to, to make that kind of transition? Yeah, don't you worry about losing momentum and giving up stuff that you've learned? I don't, I don't think so. I, I mean, I find it energizing to 
change roles and see what's new and even even moving back and forth, as you call it, right? I mean, what TPF's doing now is nothing like what they were doing five years ago and, you know, same in ZOS, right? So to me, it's always exciting to see, okay, what are we doing now? How can I take what I've seen happening in other parts of the company and bring that to my new role. Um, you know, making, connecting people, right? Part of what I do is connecting people, right? Okay, I talk to this person in research and they're doing this awesome thing in analytics and, okay, I hear the architects over here talking about X. Put them in the same room, introduce them to each other, and then these brilliant people get together and make awesome things happen, right? And so... <laughs> It's true, yeah, right? Well, it I mean, we, we've is. got great, great folks, and um, I find it personally rewarding to see multiple parts of the business. And so, I have been fortunate enough to have the opportunity to move around like that, and um, and it brings something I think extra to have some familiarity, for example, with TPF, be there, right, know the team, and then to go experience other new technologies and come back, and the team's been doing awesome things while I've been gone, right? Talk about pervasive encryption. Oh, yeah, we, we've been working on that. Um, and then to bring some of the other perspectives I have to, you know, help that get adopted. Yeah, I, th- I think there's within the mainframe community, there's a group of people who it's an interesting balance of people who uh, want to strive per as close to perfection as you can reasonably get to but also have a short attention span and want to move on to those next things. And it's it's always interesting to see that balance play out. And that's it's it's rewarding too. It is. And and everybody will have a different path in their career, right? That's probably true for IBMers, whoever's yeah. listening out there, right? Um and you know, I, I mentor several people and they'll say, you know, what should I do next? The answer may be you continue to be this depth, right, skill and yet if you love what you're doing keep doing it, right? Um, or maybe there's something similar that you want to learn about on the side and go go do that project, participate in a pilot, right? But everybody's going to have a different um, path, right? And as the options are presented or an opportunity comes, you may not have even seen coming, right? Um, you might take that. So are there new people coming on to TPF? Or is it, you know, we've talked about a lot of big mm-hmm. companies. Is it like, okay, TPF has all the companies they're ever going to have, or is it still growing? Are there so one of the main ways that the platform is growing is by um, workload coming on to the existing clients. And, and part of the reason for that is, so I mentioned the airline industry. So new airlines will come on, but where TPF, our direct client, is the client that is hosting airlines. So our growth comes from the absorbing of more airlines, same in the hotel industry, um, right? They will look at, okay, we might have a reservation system, we have our rewards system, or we have, or, you know, we're going to basically acquire another hotel. And they need to decide at that point, are they going to merge it into their existing TPF? Because the two companies that are merging may have different platforms. Right. So recently, right, there was an example of this. And when the merger happened, they were looking at where to put the one they were absorbing. And they ended up putting it on TPF and merging it into that system um, because of the to- cost per transaction. So the, the cost per transaction, um, as well as the extreme performance, right, the uh, tenants of TPF, if you will, um, really convinced them when they did the benchmark that putting the workload, the new workload on TPF was the place to put it. And so that's really where a lot of our growth 
uh, happens on the platform. I, I would like to um, give you a, a large amount of credit. I saw how much pain you were going through in just saying a certain company <laughs> or a industry. I, yes, I did tell you before the contest. I, I mentioned client names, so right. yes, a hotel. Yes, a, yeah. But what's what's interesting about that? And I'm not. I'm going to try to be good too. A uh, the hotel industry. You know, we work with a number of them, and the I forget what the number is, so I'm not even going to try. But the rate at which they acquire other properties, and you can see this. You mm-hmm. know, just driving around, you see that. That building used to be a whatever, and now it's a this. And and the rate at, their, at which they're able to turn that over without having to burn everything to the ground and start over again, uh, and and the testament that them rolling it into ZTPF is uh, that's a strong statement for the platform, uh, the facility, the facility, <laughs> the facility. And we work very closely with our clients on these migrations, right? That support is something that the lab provides, and we. Um, you know, work with our clients to make sure that transition is smooth and there aren't outages, right? And um, that they right don't have you have to have take di- downtime to do these types of of migrations. Would you say that now that you've done both, would you say that the TPF people have a much closer relationship with their clients than the ZOS people do? I think historically. TPF, because there is a smaller set of clients, does have a unique relationship with the clients. We get together every year. They call each other, right? I mean, sometimes to the point where I'm like, okay, guys, right? They, they should open a PMR or problem record, right? And they're contacting us directly. But yes, it's a it's a uniquely close relationship okay. um, with a small set of clients. And some of those clients have been around for years, right? Um, the same people. And so they naturally develop these relationships. I will say I think the U.S. Is, does have those close relationships. Um, and even like I mentioned with the, the cloud team for ZOS that I manage, more and more we're doing POCs and um, we're doing betas and we're partnering with our clients using design thinking. And so those relationships do exist and are being built. Um, TPF has the advantage of being a smaller lab um, and having a smaller set of clients. So I think naturally over the years, some of those relationships have developed very closely. You said well, you get together once a year. Is there like a TPF con? Oh, there is a TPF users group. Okay. Um, we do it in the spring. Um, and actually, there's also an architect architecture board, a client architecture board, where some of the architects and um, higher level management does come together. And we actually have that coming up in November in just a couple do of weeks. Do you get together like really, really so, quickly and just exchange glances and then, and then run away? Run away. No, no. <laughs> do it as quickly as possible? We get together and talk about the technology and go to dinner. And yeah, it's it's good. Well, and it used to be that, you know, back in the day when it was all done in assembler, there was a very close relationship where customers would actually have source code and write, you know, write into the operating system. So in some ways, it's like the way people think of Linux today. Yeah. That's the way it was back in the 60s with this stuff is there was – that's why that close Working relationship together. was yeah. – was, not that that didn't happen in, in, in MVS at the time as mm-hmm. well – but because of the the need for extreme performance, there was this extremely close relationship mm-hmm. um, between the, the TPF user community and, and IBM. Mm-hmm. So, so say I'm a guy. Well, that's a hard stretch. <laughs> say I'm a guy. I'm working in a company. I'm doing ZOS stuff. And I know we have a TPF area. And it's you know maybe on a different floor, maybe in a different building. But I've listened to this podcast. This sounds cool. I want to know more about it. 
Is there anything like a, a web page or any place I can go to find out more about ZTPF, like a good place to start? Sure. So there's the TPF Dev Center that has information. So if you're if you being the guy are a developer, it's strictly then, hypothetical. <laughs> then you could go to the Dev Center to find out more uh, about what we're doing. And we also have presences on social media and right. You can go Google TPF and, and find ways. Um, and if you're here, you can you can always contact me and I can connect you. Yeah, I, I hear that people folks. don't even have to open up a ticket. They can just go start <laughs> banging on your door. <laughs> so where is it going? Where Where is TPF going in the future? Well, I don't want you to, you know. Break sure. any confidences, but sure. what can we expect in the future? So I think you can expect continuing to support the open and connected strategy, right? Um, enhancing RESTful interfaces, high-speed connectors, making your data available. So I think just like in any platform, it's more and more important to make your data available and accessible regardless of what platform is trying to access it, right? So that can be agnostic, but accessing your data and providing it. So you talk about analytics, right? Analytics is a big thing coming. And there is a lot of insight, right, mm -hmm. available. And you think about reservation systems. What are people, where are they going, right? When are they usually going? What seats do they prefer, right? When they're going there. And all this information on TPF is the same as EOS, right? You're, all the, your information, and a lot of it they've done studies is the quote-unquote dark, right? Is It's not being utilized today. There's all this information uh, being stored in systems of record. So I think in the future of TPF, as well as some of the other systems, is making that data easily available for programs to take it and divine insights from it um, in order to right take business eventing logic to the next level, right, and have machine learning and really be able to understand the data and make quick offers to your clients based on that information. So I think that's one of the main things. And then, of course, security, right? I think we're always going to be enhancing security. I think, right, the, the reason we exist, right, is extreme performance, high transactions per second. So we're going to continue to push the envelope there, right? That's always going to be our, our reason to be, if you will, right? Um, and open and connected and analytics and all of these things, I think, um, are going to be important and are what we're working on, right, to kind of stay at the cutting edge and utilize the, right, new hardware that's available with the new IBM Z and continue to, right, and continue to listen to our clients of what they need, right? I mean, security is one of the big things people talk about, right? That and... You don't say. Yeah. You yeah. don't say. You haven't heard that before from anybody else, no, right? No. So, yeah. I know I'm totally new on that one. So, <laughs> um, But in addition, machine learning. Our clients in particular, because um, they've been talking about security for a long time, but machine learning is one of those ones that's really gaining traction. So I think one of our main focuses next year is going to be looking at analytics and, and what does that mean to our client set and what should we... You know, focus on and deliver. Great. Well, thank you very much for your time. This has been awesome. Sure. Thank you. Nice. Now I know all about ZTPF. And I feel like I'm a better person because of it. Yeah. It's great to see yet another facility. I'm all about the facilities. <laughs> yes, I think we should start calling ourselves ZPCF. What's that stand for? Zip Podcasting Facility. I'm in favor of that. I think we should do that. Yeah. Do you think people would mind if we stop calling ourselves Terminal Talk? I think at this point people see there's like a minute left and uh, they're just waiting for us to finish so they don't have to actually reach down and press the button to go to the next <laughs> podcast. So we can say whatever we want. 
What we should say is that uh, coming up in November from the 13th to the 17th is IBM's Technical University in Washington, D.C. Beautiful Washington, D.C. And I heard that if you get two people from your company to go, the third person could be free. That's what I heard. There's all sorts of amazing incentives to come out to the IBM's Systems Technical University. So how many people do I have to go before everybody comes free? And what constitutes a person? Oh, good point. Mm -hmm. Good point. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, as we move on, uh, don't forget we are going to be recording a number of sessions live from the Technical University in Washington on the 13th to the 17th. Yes, we've already reached out to a lot of you, so we have some slots uh, lined up. But, you know, if you come up to us in the hallway and say, oh, you're the guys from that podcast, I want to say something, you know, maybe we can work something out. Maybe we will. Can't believe they're going to actually give us a room to do this. I know. It's pretty amazing. We're going to have to share that with like a chafing dish, aren't we? (laughs) I'd rather not think about it. If you hear a photocopier in the background. (laughs) Yeah, it wouldn't even surprise me. No, you have to be very specific with these people when asking for rooms. I asked for a room once. They just gave me an empty room. No chairs, no desk. Just a room. That's what you asked for. Did you specify we need it filled with a mixture of oxygen and nitrogen? I, I did not. Great. Maybe we could get helium and we could do the whole thing with that high. That would be a pretty cool podcast. We'll, we'll work towards it. Yeah. Anything else? How about the contact information? Yeah. Uh, you can reach out to us on email, contact at TerminalTalk.net. We're also on Twitter. We love seeing what's going on out there, at Terminal Talk. And we always listen to the mainframe subreddit, slash r slash mainframe. Yep. And I guess that's about it. Uh, we look forward to seeing all of you, all of you, at IBM Systems Technical University. Old Man Charlie, run us out. Perfect. You've been listening to Terminal Talk with Frank and Jeff. For questions or comments, or if you have a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode, direct all correspondence to contact at TerminalTalk.net. That's contact at TerminalTalk.net. Until the next time, I'm Charlie Lawrence, signing off.